All right. Got it, got it, man. Welcome to another episode of The Side. I, I am Robert Brown, also known as Uptown Bobby, also known as whatever you want to call me, just, you know, be respectful. Uh, I'm Kay Clark. Uh, I don't have any nicknames today, so I guess that's it. So, <laughs> <laughs> And today we bring you a very special episode. The Probably the majority of this episode is going to be a review of Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morrell and the Big Stepper. So if you're not a Kendrick Lamar fan or if you don't like the album at all, maybe you might want to skip this episode and join us next time. Or if you enjoy the album or if you like Kendrick Lamar, if you just like us, stick around. Listen, uh, we're pretty much going to do a deep dive into the album and to Kendrick Lamar and to rap currently. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a rap episode, so just giving y'all a warning, a disclaimer. Don't don't listen and be like, you know, 15 minutes in, like, oh, these niggas just talking about Kendrick the whole time. <laughs> we telling you straight up, this is the topic of today. You shouldn't be surprised. If you listen to the show, if you listen to anything, uh, this is probably expected. So here we are, ready to talk about the album. Uh, Mr. Morrell and the Big Steppers. Kevin, what what were your early expectations and first impressions? Oh uh, well, my early expectations were actually because I remember I watched a series on uh, YouTube. If you really really into like music and people's discographies, it's a site called uh, a channel called Mike the Snare, and every other month or so he uh, does a deep dive into someone's discography. He and he's done like um, MF Doom, and he just did the one about the weekend. And he did one a while ago about Kendrick Lamar in between Damn and uh, the new album. Um, he w- And he was saying in the last part that he heard that there was uh, going to be more rock influence. So my initial thoughts were going to be it was going to be more like a rock influence to the album in tone, which would have been you know, different, very different from Damn and it's very different from uh, to Butterfly, which was all like jazz and uh, you know, very R- jazz, hip hop, spoken word, R&B kind of heavy stuff. So if I had any expectation of it, it was that. Um, but other than that, I didn't really have all that all that much, you know. And I wasn't I wasn't following the uh, the Heart series. I guess that everybody else was. I didn't know about it until Heart to, to series five, and then the video came out, you know. Um, so I really didn't have any expectations going in other than just like you know what Kendrick are we getting this time, you know? Because uh, Good Kid was sort of about his past and this is sort of his origin story, and uh, Butterfly was all more external. Um, and more political, but it's a bit about him, but more so the celebrity of him or, or how, how he was dealing with celebrity. Um, Dam was more internal and all about himself and, you know, the, the single words, song titles, and everything else, you play forwards and backwards, all that stuff. And so this one, I wasn't, you know, you know what, what are we going to get? So uh, initial thoughts, I would say that standouts for me, um, I would say Father Time was one I liked a lot. Um, I liked... Um, Auntie Dies, which we'll get to because it's been a reaction to that. Um, I also liked uh, Mother I Sober was one that stood out to me. And also uh, We Cry Together was one that stood out to me early on. Um, just, you know, just for the concepts of them. Musically, I think it's, di- it's different from Damn. Damn was like kind of, Damn was probably more his more his most conventional album other than the first one, I think. Uh, it, was, it was like the kind of the... Uh, Someone he could do like a straightforward rap album, but still be Kendrick. This one definitely takes divergence in terms of the production. Uh, it's because I think in '95 to me sounds almost like a like a, a camp sing along in, in parts. <laughs> um, there's parts of it that, that do conform more to the R&B moodiness of it. There's some that like like the closer mirror sounds very like he's like he's been listening to, to the weekends like to like a FM Dawn, which is one I've listened to a lot actually. So it sounds a little bit A's inspired to me, uh, and so. It's definitely a, a little bit of a left turn production wise. Uh, I think in terms of the, the overall theme, this, the theme seems to be like um, generational trauma and therapy and trying to sort of change your trajectory personally. Uh, it seems to be seems to be like a, a recurring theme in the album. So that's my initial take on it. Uh, what about you? Oh, wow. Well, uh, my first, my early expectations, were I didn't know what to expect because when it comes to Kendrick Lamar albums, there's a pattern, but you can never just know how he's going to execute it. Uh, like you mentioned, like you broke down the, the discography and you did it really well. 
you said uh, Good Kid Man City was the origin story. Facts. To Pimple Butterfly was like an update, but also like a view of the political side of like life. And then just him handling celebrity. And uh, Damn was like a concept album as well, but it felt more accessible. Uh, I think, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Sometimes Damn might be, I know a lot of people say Pimp Butterflies like his Magnus Opus, and, oh, it's the greatest one, but I, I really enjoy Damn. I, I love the the time. It's like you in and out on Damn. But you still leave with a lot, and it's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun records on there, like Loyalty, uh, Humble was fun, uh, Pride was fun, Lust is fun, I, and, and I say fun like they're just easier tracks to digest. But they also still have the Kendrick, you know, yeah. uh, in them with the writing and whatnot. But they're they're not so heavy. Um, you can make them heavy. But they're not as heavy. But I mean, you still have the songs on there like Duckwork and Fear mm. and things like that. Even um, songs like maybe Yah, yeah. where it's a, the concept is a little heavy. But it also, it's just it's just a fun album for me. It, it's, at least it's as fun as Kendrick Lamar can get. Mm. And then now we have Mr. Morrell and the Big Steppers. I I, I I really didn't know what to expect when I heard that title. I was thinking maybe <laughs> something funky. Mm. Something maybe 70s like, because that's like, to me, that sounds like a something like Motown kind of like, you know, or like those bands. Like, yeah. 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 Like mm. Melvin, Blue Notes, you know, uh, you know, this person and then here's the band. So mm-hmm. I was expecting maybe that then the heart five drop. And like you, you more familiar with that. Don't feel bad. Cause I, I think even uh, Kendrick fans overhyped that series because it's like, it's like usually like the preview of something or like it's like his most popular loose Lucy loose record. Okay. You know, it just come out and you listen to it and then that's it. Don't expect like it to be maybe on the album. Don't expect don't expect so much when you hear the hardcore file other than maybe an album or like it's like now it's become like the prelude to an album. So Okay. Yeah. So that that's what it is. Because uh, honestly, I don't even. Remember, I like. I told my friend, I don't even remember what the hard four sounded like. Because the hard four came out right before Damn Drop. Oh, okay. Oh, because it's been years. Okay. So right now, yes, I feel so yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, it's been years. So don't feel bad at all. It's just a warm up kind of. Um, but the video was impressive. I know a lot of people talked about the, the deep fake technology. Yeah, more from time. Yeah. Yeah, and then the lyrics in the song was good. So I. The hard point five got me excited. I was also excited that he didn't have like a, the traditional rollout with like a single and a video. He kind of just did what he wanted to do. Because that's what he's at at this point. Uh, first impressions with Mr. Morrell and the Big Steppers. Sonically, it is a little all over the place, but it comes together good. Like, uh, there's a certain tone throughout the album. It's I don't want to say dark because dark you get you use that a lot. You can use that word too much when you talk about Kendrick music. I just say there's a very personal tone. Mm. Uh, even the songs that are like singles, like uh, to me, the singles are like Die Hard, uh, Purple Heart, Purple mm-hmm. Hearts, which I, which I love. I didn't think I needed a uh, Summer Walker and Kendrick Lamar song, but I I really enjoyed that. Mm. Uh, Rich Spirit. Silent Hill, those yeah. are, those are like the, the the to me sound like the single prepared like song prepared maybe for like radio to mm-hmm. give to the radios, but those yeah. are even really layered, really um good tracks. Well, I think I described it to you because we were texting back and forth about this yesterday that with some of the tracks it's like there's a the music has a tension to it, but not in like an abrasive or like an overtly like dark way. Like yeah. it's like it's it's a it's a tense it's a tension or or it's uncomfortable in certain parts. Um, like um, like I remember the first time I heard we cry together. It was like it was like uncomfortable hearing that. It was I mean, basically hearing it's almost like hearing a couple next door to you arguing really loudly and being like, "Damn, they gonna make it? What's gonna happen? I, I gotta right. uh, I gotta call somebody." You know, like you know, it's like, it's like because it was so just clearly it was it was it was a, it was a song. But it was like it, it was so raw. 
and it felt it hit so many notes. It was like, you know, it was a little baby boy, and it was this little Tupac uh circle circle poetic justice and never the fuck you, fuck you, bitch. And then I remember that from the from the kicked out the, the mail truck, just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, but it but it, it really like conveyed that that sort of like the, the song title is, itself is almost like mocking. It's like we cry together. You because you think you, you see the song title, it's like, oh, we cry together, it's gonna be like some some uh poetic Ja S type shit like but, right right but 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 you, <laughs> but you hear the song and it's, and it's like it's like it's almost ironic when he says it like we cry together meaning we both toxic and we're in there her people are hurting people in this in this in this relationship and almost like he's now like a proxy for like the battle of the sexes uh right. you know this is how I yeah took it. It, it, me, me is i took that the same way the, the th- another theme on this album is like people talk about how personal it is I think that another common theme is how Kendrick is breaking down his own myths. Like he's demystifying himself. He's making himself appear to be very human. Cause you know, with Kendrick Lamar, I feel like damn, he was making, he was increasing the myths. Cause you know, he was calling himself Kung Fu Kenny. You know, he created like this new uh, persona mm-hmm. where it was, it was, which it was welcoming. Cause it was like pretty cool, you know, to see him be, I feel like most rappers when they get to that moment when they know they big, they start calling themselves different names, like Jay-Z called himself Jigga, Ho, Nas, kind of, uh, you know, switched nasty it up Nas a little bit. Nasty, yeah, Nasty Nas, Nostradamus, you know, mm. pretty much switched it up. You know, uh, Drake calls himself Champagne Poppy. So it was, <laughs> it was yeah, uh, Cole, Cole even called himself Hollywood Cole. So it's like, it was cool mm. to see Kendrick be like, you know, of course I'm K-Dot, but now I'm, I'm Kong from Kenny. You know, that was mm. cool. So in this album, you know, uh, Mr. Morell, uh, you, you, he, he's like taking down the layers and really showing you like, hey, over the last few years I've become famous, but now, you know, here's what I've really been dealing with. And mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. I also like the fact that uh, he's very vocal about how he hates or doesn't like the current culture. Uh, mm-hmm. that another theme in this album is he doesn't like cancel, cancel culture. He hates it. Yeah, which I have um, thoughts about. <laughs> Yeah, he, he hates cancel culture. He hates social media. He doesn't like uh, the way we uh, prop up figures or celebrities, like uh, which is a big vocal point of savior and mm-hmm. uh, and and in '95, and just it's it just it's peppered throughout the album, really. Like yeah. shots at uh, the way we consume media and just live now. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, well, I, I think that is a recurring theme. I think in 95 and Savior, both the interlude and the uh, track itself, I'm looking at the track list, um, they both, I think they do a, a better job of conveying that sort of uh, ambivalence about uh, the current culture and social media better than Worldwide Steppers. I think Worldwide Steppers, when we talk about cancel culture, he, he seems to say like, he, he seems to be of the, of the mindset that Cancel culture is a real thing, and I don't think that is a real thing because other than people who've actually been convicted of crimes, nobody's really been canceled. Like all, we, and we've said it before on the podcast, or you know, or by the time you listen to other episodes, you probably get that at least from you know uh, things that I've said. Uh, it's just that uh, you know, everybody that you can name that's suffered controversy over the last years, the last couple of years. You know, the baby Boosie, um, even somebody who's on the album himself. Uh, here, uh, Kodak Black, you know, who's been actually, you know, convicted of a crime, actually, I guess him being the exception. Uh, everybody still, Dave Chappelle, so on and so forth, everybody still has careers. Everybody's still making money and doing shows and doing movies and doing whatever they do. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if this is crap to the fact that cancel culture is actually a real thing. I think he, I think that uh, that phrase has been twisted by conservatives in particular uh, to sort of ward off any, um, real criticism or accountability for shitty behavior so i don't know if i fully co-signed what he's saying on some of that some parts of the album but i definitely agree with what with the seminal savior that you know uh yeah i may i may have enlightened you to certain things you may be a fan of me but i can't save you <laughs> you know I, right. I, I i would agree with that so yeah i agree with this but i think i think kendrick lamar is our age he's 34 mm-hmm. so when you're 34 you're in a weird spot and like the society timeline or, or hierarchy, like you're older than of course, Gen Z and generation alpha or whatever new term they got for these uh, parents, but you're, you're older than them. 
but you're also younger than boomers and you're younger than Gen X. So you're in a place where you were raised by boomers and Gen X. So you probably have some conservative opinions, but you're also young enough to like, you 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 saw the creation of Facebook, you saw the creation of uh, Twitter, you, you lived through some of the early parts of social media. So you've been allowed to grow and uh, share experiences and also probably change some of your mindsets. Mm-hmm. So you're in a place where yeah, you you have arrived to form your own opinions and develop, but you also might carry some of, some of the things that were passed down yeah. by like mm-hmm. your grandparents and your yeah. parents. So you probably still you you probably think like some people do like I guess a modern way of thinking, but you're also very conservative. Kendrick Lamar is a conservative. He's deeply religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mentioned on every album, uh, mm-hmm. and, and it gets more intense every album. Uh, I mean, you know, damn, he was calling himself. Israelite. Uh, I don't know. Fans say he wasn't talking about his personal self, but whatever. He rapped it. Yeah. Um, you know, and on this album, he mentions fasting. He mentions praying. Mm. You know, it's just typical mm. Kendrick Lamar religious uh, observations. But he's a also talking about therapy. You know, he's mm. also talking about you know uh, breaking generational curses. So there's there's that complex relationship between being modern. Uh, thinking modern, but also being old school and still conservative. So he's in this album grappling, grappling with that. But I think a lot of that conservatism still seeps into the album a lot. Like especially when we talk about cancel culture, and I get it. You know, uh, I do think sometimes cancel culture can be extreme, but then at the same time, it's been turned into this boogeyman mm. by like uh, like conservative parts to be like, oh, you can't say nothing now. Yeah. Oh, you know, everybody's so sensitive. And it's like, well, people aren't outright sensitive and people aren't uh, being, you know, when people bring up a, a criticism, you know, you have the right to accept it or you can dismiss it. No one's telling you, no no one's coming to your house, kicking your door in, pulling you down, you know, with the knee in, the, in your back, telling you you can't say a word or can't do anything. Like that's just not the reality of it, and and that conservative side makes it seem like people are being like just outcast and wickedly punished for like just saying offensive things that they like that they want to say, you know. Because that's the thing about it; it's being offensive. And you feel like you have the right to like say anything and have no, you know, uh, repercussions for it. Yeah. And that's just that's just not how it goes. It it, it didn't go like that before social media because you was like. It's not new. It's just something that people just are publicly able to uh, question now. Yeah, the line is is easier to get past. Yeah, yeah. Because back in, you know back in the day, maybe you could write the letters to the editor, or you could like organize a protest at the show, or something like that, and maybe go on the news in the evening. But now it's like a tweet away, or you know a DM away, or a hashtag away from you know, really getting a lot of attention, at least online. Right, like, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And somebody will always be pissed. I remember when I was a kid, you know, certain things would be considered, like, there'll be, like, people protesting, and they'll interview the protester, and they tell you why they mad. But it don't stick, like, now, because now you hear and see all those protesters, mm. like, uh, as far as, like, a community. You see a whole mm. community now. Back then, mm. you just saw maybe, like, a group of people who were mad about something, and then you're like, oh, they mad. Oh, this is controversial. And then they kind of go away, like, no, Glad has always been around. You know, Glad mm-hmm. has always been vocal. You know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving has always been around as far yeah. as, you know, and, and from my memory, it's like, you know, most of it in my life. So like, these institutions are new. These people who don't like, you know, you saying these words are new. It's just the, the fact that you can see them being visible beyond a news story. Yeah. But I guess Galea's into uh, the track that's gotten most press, at least that I've seen so far as uh, Auntie Diaries. Uh, which Auntie Diaries is about uh, Kendrick's relationship with two people in his family. One who I presumed uh, it's been a little bit of a uh, confusion, I guess, uh, if I'm wrong, you know, ap- apologies in advance. The first verse I, I assume was about um, a, an aunt of his who is a, um, a stud lesbian or like a masculine woman um, and how he, his, his relationship to her and how, he's, and how he sort of relates to her uh, over the years through his childhood and into adulthood. And the second verse is about uh, a transgender cousin um, who was a trans woman, and 
Kendrick's journey with that. And this has gotten some controversy and some hot takes uh, saying that basically it was uh, maybe good intentions in, 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 a, in, a, in a terrible result or, you know, that he could have kept that or, you know, altogether. Um, I'll speak on it as, as a gay man, can't speak for anybody who's trans because I'm not trans. Um, I was surprised at first by the use of faggot in the, in the first verse, but I, by, by, point of song, by the point of the, in the song that it was happening, I caught, I got what he was going for in the, within the context of the song. He was basically saying how he was and how his peers were as children, that they used that word and not, without thinking about it, and that they were young and dumb and ignorant. And his own sort of way of trying to, uh, trying to understand who his aunt was, again, if, that's, if, if she has transitioned, it is a he, I apologize. But uh, trying to understand who this person was to him in his life and, and, and trying to make sense of it and also defend them to his, uh, to his classmates, but also seeing how members of his family reacted to, reacted to them as well uh, with anger, with hostility, with confusion. And then, and so him saying that word, it wasn't offensive to me because again, I got what he was going for. And it's, it's a story that he's telling. And within that story is saying, I use these words without knowing about it because we all use those words because this is the way that it was within my family and within the community. Uh, second verse, he talks about, like I said, uh, his cousin who was a transgender woman um, and talks about how um, she fully, she went, she transitioned and uh, of course, the backlash in the family, backlash within the church and how uh, he stood up for his cousin. And then his cousin makes the point that, um, you know, you, if you're going to be uh, mad, this white girl who, who, who said the word nigga in the concert when she was rapping on stage with you, you can't both be mad at that and then try to say, I should have, you should have the right to say, say the word faggot with me because, you know, it has to work both ways. If, if you feel like she has the right, the right to say it as a white person, then you should have the right to say that word as a straight person. And so that's the song ends on that. And of course, you have people saying that, um, you know, he misgendered them throughout which is fair that's in the literal sense that is fair he did misgender uh particularly the uh, transgender cousin because you know he never at, one, at no point he said he says uh, well i'm assuming it's her either, either her actual name i can think of it at the moment her actual name or name that he made up for the purpose of the song but he never goes in to say like he never he continues to say he instead of she which i can understand, i can understand how that could be offensive to a trans person because they have to deal with that every day you know and why people who, who will say that say the name either Say the wrong gender either by wrong pronoun either by accident or on purpose, and then you get you get mad. So are you mad and then you know everybody throw it in your face. I can see why they would they would hear this song and be like, you know, this ain't it. Um, so and I can't tell them how to feel about that because if they, you know they hear the song and they're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm a, I'll, I'll pass and I understand that. But as you know, a gay, a gay man and hearing hearing the faggot word, I wasn't I wasn't offended by it. like I said, I gave what it's going for within the context of the song. And I'm a bit irritated by some of the hot takes because I feel like it's there's a lot going on in the song, and I think it's I think it it's, it, it, it's, it does a disservice a bit to, to just dismiss it as you know this ain't it in terms in terms of the whole thing. Um, I think I think it, it 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 would do us better again. Just my opinion, one gay man's opinion. I think it would do us better as a community to. Because on the on the spectrum of ally and enemy, Kendrick is, is aiming to be an ally. He's not an enemy. And I think it would do us better to be critical and come to and, and approach it as like, hey, you know, get the song. Okay. I see what she was going for, but you know, you, you kind of missed a few steps here. This is you know, this is how you could do better. I think it'd be better to take that approach if if people are interested in doing that. Because I think the song is coming from a place of, of empathy. I think he wants to understand and wants to support his family members. That's what I got from the song. I think the execution wasn't perfect. I think the execution could have been better in some parts, but in general, I think as far as the feeling of empathy that came across to me, and I think it would do us better to take a critical approach to that rather than just dismissing it outright and just saying, you know, saying fuck you or something, you know? So that's my thoughts about it. Hmm. Uh, very, very well uh, executed points. And I wanted you to tackle that because, you know, with you being, uh, you know, in the community, you know, uh, as a, you know, you being a gay man, it would be better if you spoke about that first, because, you know, uh, that's a word, a very hateful word, a very uh, complex word that has a complex relationship with a lot of people. 
So I figured it'd be great if you spoke on that first. Now, of course, you know, you being, you know, the gay man on the show doesn't make you the president of gay people. So, you know, we're not saying that just because Kevin liked the song, he didn't see anything wrong with it. That, that doesn't mean that people aren't entitled to feel a way, which I get, it's fair, but that there's a intellectual uh, and poetic license, you know, he used in the song. And it made a point. I mean, uh, could he have made the song without the word? Yes. Um, yeah. would, it, would it have probably hit the same or been the execution? That's debatable. Some people might have not uh, felt it, probably would have got drove the point home that he's grown. And I think a lot of people in the queer uh, community, in the LGBTQ uh, IA community, or AI, uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, we have to have a moment where we all sit down and talk about each other because these uh, wounds go deep these wounds go very far and we have to think about a lot of people don't learn at the same rate um, now I'm not saying that's an excuse I'm not saying you have to baby anybody I'm not saying you have to hold anybody's hand because a lot of people are disingenuous when they try to learn uh, they don't want to learn you know, they refuse uh, to, to take anything. So there, that, that's it. But there are people who do want to grow and there are people who grow when they grow. You know, you can't control how fast they learn. You can't control when they learn or when it clicks, but it happens. Um, as a straight black man, I, I, I never like using that word just because it just, it doesn't sound natural coming out of my mouth I never attempted to say it you know I know the weight that word carries so I didn't have any uh point to say it because like why you know I, I just you know and I, that's not saying that I've been perfect as far as uh my thoughts or um my feelings about uh you know the queer community I've had moments where I was biophobic you know I would say I, I didn't think that was real you know, I've had moments where I, um, I've used uh, not the proper wordage when it comes to describing uh, trans, uh, the trans community, you know, the the word, you know, you we know the word. You know, yeah. She, yeah. Ends with a Y, whatever, mm. you know, things like that. But it's a process. You learn, you get better, you meet these people, you get to know them, you realize there are people that's just trying to make it, you know. And you relate to that aspect, like we all love, we're all just trying to make it. So I, I think the the execution of the song could have been way, but just even better in the storytelling, because I was confused with like who or what he was talking about. I was like, okay, wait, who? Okay, you said, wait, huh? Like, because <laughs> he, the, the pronoun thing is, it matters in that context when you're trying to tell a story because you're mm -hmm. like, well, I thought they transitioned, but you're still saying. Yeah, right. That's what it took to me. It was like I, I get, I get maybe the saying it the first time of, of like say, or you, you could, it could even be phrased different. He could have said, you know, um, he, could, he could have said like the, the person's uh, current name, so that I guess a dead name, and then saying they transitioned, they, 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 she, she transitioned who she wanted to be, who, who she was meant to be, or something, something like that. You know, I'm not right. uh, lyricist, but I, I mean, you know, but um. Why well, lyricist, but not that not I'm not Kendrick, I'm not Kendrick's head, so I can't rewrite his words like that. But um I uh, with, as far as that goes, yeah, there was no point where he, where he continually refer, referred to her as she or her or her correct pronouns. Um and 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 they think they may have a type of relationship, relationship to where he can call her he or she and, and she will respond. Yeah. And but but on a record, we don't know that. And, right. and, it's, that, and then it's a difference. And I will say really quickly, as far as like you said about the learning and everything like this, I, I think that to me that's a different, as clumsy as as, as, as a song may, may be, and as 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 as, as uh, offensive as it may be, be to trans people or even to other gay people uh, in general, I because I mean impact does have does have is intent doesn't negate impact. And I'll say that, but I think I would say that Kendrick is not the baby. I think Kendrick is not it didn't get on stage and just randomly say some offensive shit and say, well, I wasn't told that nobody, 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 uh, I need to learn. I gotta, gotta teach me. Like it's this is not that, in my opinion. This is this is more so an, an, an honest empathetic attempt to convey empathy to people in his family and maybe to the wider community. And, and it could have been executed better. That's to me is a difference. So, you know. 
Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Uh, like I said, man, I'm, I'm not a part of that community. I only know people and interact with people from their life that that way that 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 uh, community. And I love. I have family, I have friends, everyone. You know, I, so I, I whenever there's something that's brought up where someone's hurt or someone feels you know uh, disrespected, I'm always gonna take notice of that and, and try my best to understand where they're coming from instead of being dismissive because you don't want to dismiss someone's pain because I mean because it just it's just a history of that and you don't want to contribute to that. But there is some intellectual dishonesty I feel when it comes to the song because like did you even listen to it or did you even finish it? Did you just hear somebody say, oh he said the F word 10 times, you right. know? Um that's the thing that I find disingenuous because it's like, okay, let's say uh, a white person says something that could could become that could be considered racist, but if you listen to the whole interview, it was just maybe misconstrued. Now, when you deal with racism and um, people's uh, people's identity, I, I feel like racism because I, I, someone um, told me that someone used the Jake Harlow example like what if jake harlow said nigga in a song but he was trying to explain like he, how he's not racist anymore and i was like well that's that's not the same because even kendrick used that example in the song mm -hmm. so and then uh i was like well if you're black and you gay you're not gonna like that neither you know so it's like it's, it's, it's i feel like that's that's just a lazy argument mm -hmm. uh like i said did he have to use the word no but in order to show, I guess, that range and that growth of where he's at, where he used to be and where he's at now, then it, it adds a layer to the song to say it. And mm -hmm. I mean, I work with children. I've had several interventions uh, with children who use that word, uh, who are like 13, 14, 15, and they say it like, like it's water. <laughs> like they just and, and I tell them I say y'all y'all have no idea the damage y'all are doing by saying that word because you don't know who can hear you in earshot who might be gay you don't know if you're not gay <laughs> I, I <laughs> told them what I said <laughs> you're saying this word now and I'm like you're only 13 14 but you might grow up one day and be like you know I was hiding it I was doing <laughs> this to perform <laughs> you know like don't don't use that word you know, it's, it's painful, it's a legacy behind it, it's not yours to use. Right, and that, even with, I would say, even, okay, not even going past the Jack Hall example, you know, there, if if I'm watching Roots or, or 12 Years a Slave or any sort of, you know, or, or even like, a, you know, Civil Rights era, even Today era movie, like a Spike Lee movie or something like that, and I hear a white person say, nigga, with the hard ER, is it offensive? Yes, but it's I'm not I wouldn't be offended by it because this is the context of the movie. This is the context of the world that you're portraying, and this is the attitude that you're that, that you're want to show. You, you want to show racism in, in its ugliest, most blunt form. So I think I, again, I think there is a bit simplicity to say, oh, well, he used the word that in itself is offensive. Not now again. You know, that's my opinion. If you, you know, somebody else who's gay, if you if you hear the word, if you just take take it as you know, that word should never come out of any, any straight person's mouth, no matter the context, storytelling, not storytelling, poetic, poetic, never. Then fine, you have a right to feel that way. But like I said, I think again, I, I just feel like that that's that to me that ignores a lot of nuance at getting at at it's the heart of like what is the point of view? What are you trying to get across? And I think at least in the context of the, of the song, what he was trying to get across, again, was attitudes that he held as a child that he had to grow out of, and that he and that he and 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 that ignorance that he encountered both in his family and within the community itself. And I think to not acknowledge that and to ignore that and just and and just focus on and just and just portray it as, you know, him him just him to say in fact that 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 that's it, it is disingenuous to me because you know. That's not what was going. That's not what's happening within the, in the song. Um, now, if he just stepped out on stage, I love the baby, and just said that word, then that is offensive. It is homophobic, and then it is fuck you. But th that this was not that, and I think there needs, needs, needs to be more of, 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 a, of a distinction between that type of behavior, I love the baby, and 
what this is because that this was not that now I, I, do, I do find that disingenuous and irritating when people when, when hot takes get taken like that just for either clicks or just to get an amen corner going you know just you know mm-hmm. yeah i don't like that yeah and it continues to make the relationship between uh you know lgbtqia uh people versus straight cis people even more uh tattered like battered that just just it just keeps continues to ruin the work that we try to do because it's like you're being disingenuous because you just don't like straight people or you think straight people just don't uh don't have the range or just look at them trying again and failing you know failing yeah. up right if some if someone is trying which i think kendrick really is with his song i think he's trying to come to a either understanding or 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 trying to to uh show empathy or display empathy if someone is, is quote unquote doing the work, then I think it it, it uh it's worth it to take a second look, be critical, hold them accountable, you know, give them a you know, get the side out and put to, to to plug 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 ourselves. You know, don't don't just don't 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 just blindly be like kumbaya and just like we accept you, thank you for your straightness. Like none of that, don't do that. But you know, be critical in all those things, but don't lump them into the same category as someone like a boosie or the baby, like. Like Kendrick is not being is not actively hateful. He clumsy in his intention and his impact, yeah, but he's not on that spectrum of a boosie or or a, uh or or the baby or anybody else that's just out here being stupid and, and doesn't want to learn anything or is not interested in learning anything, but it's is just saying that for a full apology. You know, this is that's not that. And I, and that, I think the distinction needs to be made because it's just it it doesn't, it's I think it, in a bigger picture, it's not helpful in come to understand them because to be truthful you know kendrick is going to reach people that uh little nas x won't or that frida won't or that you know any any uh gay or trans or bi rapper won't because they, they see or hear you and it's like that gay shit gay shit, gay shit. oh a kendrick album <laughs> and so you know and and, and then, but, you know and then they listen to it and they and, they, and it's gonna it's gonna it's, it may they may initially record from it oh he fought he fell for the agenda but but it may get in in the way that <laughs> An, an album by an album by Lil Nas X or someone else won't, and that that does that needs to be count. That is, that is, that's not something to, to sniff at because those are the people who are in the barbershops. Those are people. Those are the cousins who are at the barbecue and at church and at all these places that you gather with your family, whoever you consider your family. You know, and if they hear that song and it, and it helps them not to look at a trans person as 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 a freak. Or as a or, or or as me as a gay man as someone who they should fear as clumsy as it is, then I'm more for it than I am against it. Oh wow, that, that that's a big man. You just said a mouthful, uh, and that's a very very true point. He he touches communities of people that they probably wouldn't get. Like let, let like I'm gonna tie this into the Isaiah Rashad incident. Uh, his label mate uh, Isaiah Rashad is on TDE. He's probably probably right now the biggest artist considering that Kendrick's gone mm. uh, and he had a tape, you know, he had a leak surface where he was, you know, interacting with men, doing stuff. Mm. And my, my one of my first reactions was, man, how are they going to take this? Like, how would someone like Kendrick take this who deeply religious, you know, we never really heard his true thoughts, you know, as far as like the community or anything. So I was like, what, what would he say about this? Somebody that's in the label, you know, rap is very uh, toxic, very hyper-masculine and very homophobic, naturally. So mm-hmm. what would he think, you know, considering that somebody on his team, you know, is caught up, uh, is, is outed publicly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, of course, we'd probably never hear what he thinks in the interview about it, but something mm-hmm. like Auntie Diaries, help shed light on like, well, okay, maybe Kendrick, you know, would send him, you know, love or send him, you know, uh, compassion, mm-hmm. you know, be the, maybe be there for him uh, or maybe he didn't be the, you know, be there for him, but we know his stance is probably, you know, not just turning him away because, you know, he's been outed. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, can, can be telling as well. And uh, it's an interesting moment for hip hop because we've seen, uh, we're seeing like the Isaiah situation where it could have looked like it ended badly. Like, you know, he, he has a history of uh, talking about his mental health and possible suicide attempts, but he's still here. He performed at Coachella. Mm. Uh, you know, TDE hasn't kicked him off the label. Mm. Uh, he's gotten support from fans and other rappers. 
Uh, then you have Kendrick do a song like Auntie Diary. So I see growth. I see uh, hip hop maybe maturing some. Uh, of course, not overall, mm. but it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, just I guess last we're on it, you know, if you, you know, as, a, as another, if you listen to this, you know, if you're a fellow GL or B or T of the community and you just like, I don't care, I ain't with it, then you have every right to be not with it because, you know, it's not our job to, 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 uh, as it's not as not a job as black people to to hold people's hands and educate white people about everything everything to do about racism everything else. It's not a job to to be gay one on one or trans one on one for a straight person. But like I said, I I I do think in the bigger picture that Kendrick is is attempting, is attempting to be an ally and not an enemy. And I think it's that's that should be uh, something that we take into account while we are also being critical of him. So. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think I think that if we ever want to reach a point where we all can like sit at the table together, we all can be open and free, it starts with like I like I said, I, I don't want to word just the wrong way. I'm not saying you have to hold people's hands, but you have to meet them where they are. Um because these most people have been indoctrinated, like brainwashed to believe a certain thing. So when they start asking questions or start trying to have moments like Auntie Diaries, I think we have to meet them where they are and guide them, you know, or maybe just, I think the best thing to do is just show them real life experiences. And that's what Kendrick did. It happened. That's why I didn't agree with the post you shared with me because that person said he didn't do any research. He didn't need to do research when he had a lived experience. Right. You know, that's the best research. That's the best. To be honest, that's the best way anybody learns as far as uh, interacting and, and uh, growing out of those uh, stale thoughts. Mm. And they may have been referred to info or research as far as like the proper pronouns or, or what not or, or, or you know, uh, the misgendering aspect. That could have been what that was referenced to. But yeah, in terms of in general, I think like in terms of sharing his story, I mean, if it's your, if it's your story, then the personal experience part is the quote unquote research in that aspect of it. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think, like I said, I think, it, I think it's coming from a place of empathy. I think the execution overall could have been better, but, but you know, like I said, I think we can be critical without being, without, um, shutting completely shutting someone like him out so right exactly and uh, yeah you don't have to he shouldn't be shunned this isn't Dave Chappelle man like that's <laughs> yeah, the thing yeah. like, this isn't Dave yeah. Chappelle trying to come off as like deep but while so and, and like Dave Chappelle thinks well I'm not gonna say now because now he just he's doubled down and he he stands where he stands now but initially when he took this turn into talking about these issues uh, you know, with the queer community, it was kind of like he was tr- he was like talking like, oh, I'm coming from a place of, you know, uh, I'm trying to, you know, break it down. I'm trying to understand, you know, but it was just still offensive, hurtful, mm-hmm. rude, you know, abrasive uh, versus something like Auntie Diaries, which is more so touching, uh, heartfelt. And it's, it's an attempt to understand. And so it's something pulling back a curtain saying like hey this is how i once felt this is what i once thought but now i'm here mm-hmm. right yeah exactly and i was in this at this is all it's being said at one day after the album has come out now now if it's six months from now and kendrick is like double down and saying they trying to cancel me then put them in the category with the baby and ti and the rest of them niggas. but right now you know this is how i feel today on uh yeah you know, so, I, so. I, I wouldn't be shocked if that came yeah. i mean i always i'm always weird with kids because i'd be like oh man this nigga finna be a dr cb8 or something like that <laughs> yeah that's the potential it's, it can it can sway that way but for, for now to, for today day after the album came out this is my feelings on it so that just take that <laughs> with a grain of rainbow salt and then, and then that's it so <laughs> Yeah. Uh, another big thing on the album uh, that I like was Father's Time. And I hate that he mentioned the Drake-Kanye line, because that that got, that overshadows the song. I, I get why he said it, though, because I guess he was tying into, like, the way his father raised him, you know, to be, like, competitive, to, to take no to take no disrespect from somebody. So he, he probably, he's probably tied it into 
my dad raised me to be like, you know, I don't forgive easily or I don't, I can't just mm-hmm. be friends with somebody that's fake. So I can't, I can't really understand why Kanye uh, and Drake made up like that. And I need some more time to grow, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it didn't overshadow for me because it's, it was for me. It felt a bit more throwaway. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 because the beef, was, the beef, was, the, the quote unquote beef, quote unquote, I put it in quotation marks, has been over for like a couple of months now, and they did, they did that concert that was for like that was supposed to be like a prison reform, but went for prison reform. It's about like it's like a big show and all that shit. Um, but so to me, it was more, it's more throwaway than the rest of it because the rest was about like you know. Uh, Daddy issues, yeah. yeah, about growing up and 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 being sort of um, raised with certain ideals of what a man should be and how a man should act and and what you should and shouldn't do. That you know, that was the more universal part, more than than sort of the Kanye Drake thing. Uh, you know, to me, anyway. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like he never could have said that, and every that song still would have been great, and the message would have got across. I. I think these rappers, Kendrick is very aware of how his albums are taken and how social media works. So he looks, he probably was looking for something, a moment to tie in or put in for people to take. Because, you know, most rappers usually say subliminals. They never say names. Mm. But Kendrick, I mean, he remember the control verse from 2013? He, he, he mm. said names. He, he yeah. says names. So... It's just more that, and and people ran, people run with it, you know. Uh, it, this just is further, uh, you know, gasoline for the whole fan-made cold war between Drake and Kendrick. Which I mean, we have no idea their relationship. So yeah, I mean, you'd sure. be hearing this, yeah, you could be like, oh, he really don't like that nigga, or hearing, <laughs> or I mean, you could be just like, you know, maybe he's like, maybe him and Drake took longer to reconcile than. This Kanye and uh, Drake one, I don't know. Um, that's the one thing about rap I don't like sometimes, these cold wars and beefs and all this. But uh, another thing about the album that I I was kind of on the fence about was the Kodak Black involvement. Yeah. And it's not even about his ethics, really, because, I mean, honestly, most rappers are horrible people. Like, I, I think that's <laughs> another thing we need to stop hiding behind, because a lot of these niggas are horrible. They're killers, rapists. Uh, I mean, just look at the whole, and that's, and that's a whole other situation, but just looking yeah, at the daddies. Young, uh, yeah, deadbeat dads. Yeah, just looking at the young thug situation, and that's a whole other argument, but uh these niggas aren't good people for the most part. And that's, I mean, and, that, and that's part of the reason why they make great art because, you know, they're very complex people. But uh, I had no problem with the Kodak involvement as on a terms of ethics. Cause like I said, most of these niggas are horrible. But um, as far as like the story and like the art part, I didn't really get it at first. I was like, he, I guess he's a Kodak Black fan. Uh, but it was interesting that he chose him to be involved with this album on so many moments. How did you feel about that? Um, I was surprised by it. I mean, I, I I don't follow Kodak a lot, but I knew enough to be like, what? When he, when, uh, when I saw the name of the track listing. Um, I, I mean, I guess it plays into like we were talking about before about, about him sort of pushing back at what, what he sees as cancel culture. But in this case, I would, I would, I would have advised him like, you know, well, if, if he did what he's convicted of doing, you may want to, you know, believe in the council culture for this <laughs> particular offense, you know, uh, assault or maybe is official charging sexual battery or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you may, you know, you may, it's different. one thing to be criticized for saying something that people could, you know, take out, you know, take either way and either be offended or not offended. There's nothing when somebody's actually been convicted of a crime and, they, and it's on the public record. So you may, yeah, this is, that's, that, that's not that. It's two, these are two different things. Um, so yeah, it was surprising to me uh, that he was on the album. You know, I mean, again, you know, if someone, particularly a woman, is, is this is the album she sees that she may be like, I ain't with that, you know, or even just in general. So um, I get, yeah, I am surprised the, the of his inclusion. Uh, but then again, the album itself, like Arch Diaries, like say um, we cry together, it's an it's an uncomfortable listen at sometimes, at times. Oh yeah, this it's so, a. Um, and which is done probably, which is done purposely. Like, yeah. Uh, even on We Cry Together, there's like, uh, man, I forgot the exact word. He said, "This is what 
No, what did, what did she say? This is what both sides, this is what we sound like, or this is what both sides sound like. It's something like that, yeah. Something like so. that before the whole thing started and then the way it ended it was very baby boyish oh like, yeah uh, like I said, very baby boyish. uh I, I enjoyed it for the work the art it was is it something i want to listen to like while i'm in the car driving no uh, <laughs> or in the gym working out no uh but i i appreciate the attempt i appreciate the moment it is a moment uh, i think uh he did it with a lot of intent because i remember uh after the song it was like a. I think she says we need to stop dancing around the issue or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's clear that he, you know, he's aware of the gender wars online and or in real life. So, and then also aside from just the internet or social media, it's just, those are how some people interact in relationships anyway, you know, that's mm-hmm. just natural. You know, I'm pretty sure he, he probably heard his mother and father have a conversation like that or similar Mm-hmm. Or maybe he, or he's been in conversations like that, you know. Right, because he, he does. He does mention his. I want to say fiance, girlfriend. Uh, no, I think fiance probably might be wife now. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah he mentions her several times. Whitney it was all yeah. in there. Yeah, and yeah. then because because she was the one who was saying like you need you need to go to therapy and everything. Mm-hmm. Was one song, uh, and and also she was on. He refers to her own uh, mother eyes sober, saying yeah. that. Um, she talks on that one. Yeah, so he was saying that she, he was saying that she he broke a a curse or something like a a pattern generational pattern, but it also insinuates that she left. So I'm assuming at some point they broke up and maybe she came back. I don't know. It could be like fictional mm-hmm. for the for the album, maybe. Oh, some lemonade. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or for the um, lemonade effect. But that was that, that's a that's a uncomfortable song because he said he, and, and he basically says like um, they asked him when he was little. Did his cousin touch him? And he said no. But even even though the fact that he's that he wasn't touched still impacted him because they thought he was out of line, or or the fact that he that he was asked that and that it wasn't true, and that he wasn't totally believed by his mother because she had been molested. You know, it's just mm-hmm. again generational trauma. And mm-hmm. even though even though she was coming from a place of trying to protect him, she still ended up damaging him a bit by not believing him. You know? Right, right. And I wonder. If this is the same cousin from Auntie uh, Diaries, that we don't know. I don't mm. think we know. I, I, I would. Well, yeah, that, yeah, I don't think. I don't. I would. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know because that could that could have been like a, a thing. That's, that's a unfortunate. That's still a pervasive stereotype that you know, gay people or, or trans people or perverts and you know molest mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah, uh, the album is very heavy. Uh, like like I said, it's it's a good. It's well, I feel like. Every Kendrick Lamar album is heavy, uh, in a in a in a way, you know, whether you talk about race, classism, uh, just you know, hood politics, because like uh the one one constant theme in Kendrick Lamar albums uh is you know the relationship with the hood and the things that happen in the hood as far as like murder, uh gangs, uh, you know, uh families, uh broken homes and things like that, which is uh the reality for a lot of us who live in those communities. So mm. uh, the light he shines on that, but this is more of an inner light. You know, this like I said, probably I feel like Damn and this one are his most personal albums for him talking about himself and not more so the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, because Good Kid, Mad City, and uh, Timber Butterfly, they have personal stories in the world throughout but they were like almost like looking out at the wider world of like you know i was a good kid in the mad city but it's like the wider problems of compton and or any hood usa and then pimple butterfly was like celebrity and particularly being blackness and celebrity but also the wider political landscape this these are more feel more internal mm-hmm. yeah right and uh I, I think that's a jump to this one I do feel like sometimes this one, the replay value might hurt some because of how personal some of the songs are. And just depending on your mood, you probably don't want to hear We Cry Together. Like, <laughs> or, or even um, Mother I Soul or even Auntie Diaries, just because it's just mm. heavy content. Yeah, it's not light listening. Yeah. No, at all. Now, now, that, now just because that happens doesn't mean there aren't light moments like uh, Die Hard. Uh, 
I like Purple Hearts a lot. Purple Hearts might be my favorite song at the moment, just because I just like the way you. I just like the way it sounds, like the feel. It's just yeah. fun. Uh, Silent Hill is a fun record. Uh, you know, uh, that's what's the other one I was thinking about? N95 is fun. Like you said, the sing along kind of mm. champ chant, uh, which is rock, kind of rock, got some rock feels to it. Yeah. Uh, though there are moments on the album that aren't as heavy and aren't as, uh, you know, kind of divisive as far as listeners, but. It's a heavy track, album, record, whatever you want to call it. The whole thing has a lot of weight to it. And that's a good thing. That's a Kendrick Lamar thing. But it's it's uh, yeah, very telling. Uh, I will say the album cover definitely makes sense uh, after listening to it. I still don't understand the name. I mean, maybe it's like I said, I told you, it's not for me to understand. Will <laughs> he explain it? He probably won't because that's Kendrick doesn't really explain much. He don't mm. talk. Uh, which is cool, you know. It yeah. keeps the mystery going. It's better. Yeah, I mean, it's better cover than Damn. I remember my action. My reaction to Damn was like, uh, I, I saw the cover. I was like, I was like, hmm, what is it called? Damn, this would look like. The whole <laughs> yeah, Damn was weird. I don't get it. He never explained it. Like I said, he probably won't. Uh, I don't even know why he called it that, but it's a good album. So, oh, yeah, kind of yeah. like I think Mr. Morell and the Big Step was his good album. I don't know where I rank you yet. I got one friend who says it's number two or number one. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know yet. Time will tell. It's only been out for like what two days, a day, a, a, a day. day. And a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, but that's the you know we live in a moment where we talk about things when we first experience them, mm-hmm. yeah, out loud. So that's natural. I do enjoy it. I enjoyed it. I will continue to listen to it. I think. I don't know where he goes after this. I don't know if we get another five-year hiatus because he has children to raise or he has life to live. Uh, well, there's a, a tour, so there's that. So Oh, yeah, which mm-hmm. was released like quickly, the dates. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he, maybe he does his tour and he goes back into hibernation. <laughs> uh, that's possible. I, I don't know if it'd be another five-year because, you know, at this point, it's, he's technically without a label. So, um, as far as I know, so whatever comes next, I would think they would have to be a slightly quicker turnaround uh, than than maybe the five years, um, because I mean, really, up to this has been the longest uh, period because you had Section Eighty in twenty ten, then you had the major label debut with Good Kid, Mad City in twenty twelve, then you had Pimp Butterfly in twenty fifteen, then twenty seventeen was Damn. So it's usually been most has been like a three year, two year gap. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so it may not be that long of a, of a stretch between yeah. the albums. It um, might, yeah, and maybe COVID had something to do with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and delayed to as well, because uh, he probably he was gonna take three years regardless. Probably because I, I was telling my friend he did it after he finished down. He did the Black Panther sound or the Black Panther soundtrack release, mm-hmm. and that was the you know the tour and the Champions tour happened, the TDE tour, which. Looking back, it was really like the swan song. Mm. I really think uh, that was probably him. Like, all right, you know, I did my time. Now I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know, um, and then he had the damn tour. So he worked a lot from 2017 to, I think, I think mid 2019. So him taking a break and going to, you know, hibernation mode was cool. Probably expected. But mm. how do you feel about there being no TDE features on this album? Honestly, I didn't. I didn't think about it. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Cause I mean, cause it's just this is just me actually. Cause you know, I, I don't. I'm not a big follower necessarily of like a quote unquote cruise necessarily. As far as like you know, this person gonna be on this album. This group. I mean, with TV, yeah, you had. I think outside of Kendrick, of course, to the most outside of, of him was probably uh, obviously SZA, mm-hmm. uh, whichever least schedule. Mm, that could be a whole other. Uh, show um but then scissor and then also um uh schoolboy q mm-hmm. outside of them I, I didn't i wasn't really into uh j j uh j rock as much uh who was the other guy um abby abs episode um and then also you said isaiah Richard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just wasn't as aware of them and I just listen, just, listen, listen to them as much. So I wasn't necessarily, um, necessarily missing a TDE fe- feature on the album. 
Um, which I hope, I mean, I would hope just for their own personal relationship, that's not an indication that there's something wrong, but I wasn't, I, I, I didn't cross my mind while I was listening to it, honestly, so. Fair, fair, fair point. Uh, I, I ain't gonna lie, I didn't think nobody would be on the album because that no one was, I don't think anyone was on damn. I think he's, he's made a close chapter on them actually before announcing this was gonna be his last album. Uh, I like reading like little interviews. Uh, Punch, who was like I think the EVP or something. He's he's a the president of Top Dog TDE Records, and he had talked about you know how all of them kind of grew apart once they started getting bigger. And mm-hmm. I really think he was probably talking about Kendrick. Because Kendrick was the only one who really got bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Schoolboy had his own. He had a good moment. He had a fame. You know, people know who he is, but. Mm-hmm. He's not someone nobody talks about now. Uh, J-Rock had a bigger than life moment when he, you know, he did uh, the wind song. That was pretty big. I think he won a Grammy for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he's had success, but, you know, it was always Kendrick was keeping the lights on in mm-hmm. TV. So now it's like you go into this new era without your biggest act. And then the guy who had the biggest album last year on your label was in a scandal where he was, you know, outed. Mm-hmm. So, uh It'd be interesting to see how they move forward, especially with Scissors still being on hiatus and people waiting on the album. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how they go and move forward. But I do think it was probably, I don't want to say tension, but the way Kendrick left and the way he's announced him leaving, just, you know, the the, the relationship is, is different. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah. Uh, so final grades for Mr. Morrell and the Big Steppers. Uh, how do you feel about it overall? What's your uh, last impression? Uh, will you continue to listen to it? Final grade, uh, I give it uh, give it a B. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, wow, listen to it. I, it's. I think it's something that I'll, I'll return to listen to. I don't think I was almost the most necessarily enjoyable because of the subject matter. Um, I think it's some of the, the rawest personally. Um, but I, yeah, I think I, I think it's I think it's it's good. It's a good experience, it's a good album, but it's, it's it can be in a, a uh almost like it's like roller, like uh going to like one of those roller coasters where or one of those rides where things jump out at you. Not that it's horror, but it's just like you know, it's like you you know it's gonna be like a uh uh uncomfortable moments so or like tense, tense moments in, in along this journey from the beginning to the end of the album uh you know and that and that can make it necessarily something you want to just turn to like it's like a feel good uh listen um so yeah i think a, a b is good for you know one day of listening so far <laughs> by you yeah i think it, uh i give it a, a b is good a b plus maybe for me uh i enjoy it i like it mm-hmm. uh but is it something I'm, I, I, well, I listen to the whole album front to back every day. No, I'm probably going to stick to the songs I like uh, just because those are good, good for me. And the, like, like the heavy stuff, like we cry together, mother, I sober. Uh, what's the other heavy track? Auntie's die. I can, I can listen to those probably never again. Uh, and that's not because they bad. It's just because I don't need to, visit that again especially auntie diaries the auntie i find we cry together entertaining even though as toxic as it is mm-hmm. but auntie diary just because the mess of the the storytelling with the pronouns and i was like oh wait hula who i'm still i i could go without that like and I, I i i like the song i like the intent behind it it was executed questionably but also the intent was was well but i just i could do without it but I, I appreciate them for the effort. Uh, so yeah, I give it like a B plus. Uh, I I stick to the songs I like. But as far as digesting the whole thing all the way through every day, no. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, yes, I, yes. I guess you can compare it to something like uh, trying to think of another album that's kind of good, but like can be a downer or um, uh, maybe uh in. I know in utero has a reputation by Nirvana as being like a, a quote unquote difficult record to where it's like it's good, but it's like it's not so it's not like, like an easy listening experience. 
interesting. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think about that Marvin Gaye album, uh, Him Idea, very, uh, not not exactly exhilarating music, mm. but kind of like a, a, a Radiohead album. Okay. I guess I could, or, is, yeah, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was just say, uh, it's funny because Portis, I always say their name uh, wrong or bad. Portis shit is uh, featured on this album. Mm. At least, uh, uh, I think her name is Bess. What's her name? Bess. Oh, she's on Mother I Sober. Bess Gibbons. Okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess that might be why some of it, it feels kind of heavy and, and I don't want to say dark. I don't want to run that road to intense. It's a very serious album, I guess. Right. Yeah, if it, it, it's like it's, it's sort of like um, like Velvet Rope or like Ray of Light to to bring out two divas, because <laughs> uh, Velvet Rope is a very serious album, you know, uh, compared to like Janet. Compared to like Janet or or even like Rhythm Nation, Rhythm Nation was a serious album, but it was like you had Love Will Never Do and Miss You Much and Escapade and like you know you got this the bright pop along with the heavy messaging with 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 um with uh with um Velvet Rope you had you know even the hits like aside from Together Again you had you know Got to List Gone and I Get Lonely and Every Time and and Go Deep was another party one, but like you know it was it's a it's a serious album. Same with a uh, real life. You know, you had other than title track, it was like Frozen and uh, Power of Goodbye and you know, nothing. Nothing really matters. It's only like, like type of track, boom cat right. type of track. So uh, you know, the rest of the album was pretty like you know watery and kind of heavy and 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 uh, especially that last track, Mer Girl. If you had, you know if you want. Yeah. Um, so. Lemonade. Lemonade was very heavy, but yeah. it was uh, fun moments. And, yeah, uh, day lessons. Uh, oh yeah, you know stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, still a serious album. Yeah, Sandcastle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good. It's a good. It's a good achievement, but it's not a serious, uh, an inviting uh, listen. That's that's how I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, exactly. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, so that is our review of Mr. Morrell and the Big Steppers. Uh, y'all let if y'all stayed around the whole time. Thank y'all because. I ain't gonna lie, my attention span ain't what it used to be. On some podcasts, if it's interesting, I listen the whole time. Sometimes I check out. But if you listen through the whole thing, man, appreciate you. Appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, let us know what you think about Mr. Morell and the Big Steppers. Let us know if you listen. Let us know if you like us doing whole review episodes. And I mean, if you don't like it, we still might do it. So, <laughs> I mean, we grown over here. But um, yeah, thank y'all for listening, man. And thank. I don't want to say I want to thank Kendrick Lamar, but I'm glad an album like this came out to where it got people talking. You know, I felt like uh, as far as releases this year, I'm not saying there wasn't any good music release, but as far as like those water cooler moments, we didn't have many. And this was about the closest you can get to one. So thankful for that. And I hope everybody gets to, well, I hope everybody that does listen to it, that likes Kendrick, uh finds what they want to find from it uh i enjoyed it for what it is for what it's worth that's that on that thank y'all for listening man uh we'll be back again uh we never put dates on these really um because you know life whatever we do we do so we hope it finds y'all uh when it finds y'all and i hope y'all receive it so until further notice i'm robert brown um, Gay Clark. And we are out. Keep your eyes open and your eyebrows raised. And don't be no sucker out here, y'all. That's <laughs> please don't don't be out here looking crazy. In real life or online. Indeed. We out. Yes.